the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Paradoxically, God's greatest miracles come to Samson when he is weak, blind, humble, and helpless. It's when he has these that God manifests his power in Samson's life. God chooses to work for Samson when Samson cannot work for himself. It becomes an object lesson of righteousness by faith, of leaning on the Lord when you can't lean on yourself anymore. Thanks for joining us again for Reaching Your Heart. Yesterday here on the broadcast, we brought you the first portion of the Son of Light and the Daughter of the Night. We'll conclude that message here today. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area, we hope you'll join us for the worship service this Saturday at 11 o'clock. I'll have details after Pastor Mike's message today. At Reaching Your Heart, we believe God answers prayer. Won't you let us pray with you? The phone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. And you can always go to reachingyourheart.com to listen to this broadcast again. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here's Pastor Mike. The call of the Nazarite involved a vow of holiness to God with three special elements. Element number one, any contact with grapes or wine was forbidden. The grape was a symbol of an intoxicant. He was not to be filled with wine. He was to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Element number two, no razor was to cut the hair of his head. And why is that important? We'll look at that in a second. Element number three, any contact with a dead body was forbidden. Now, verse 7 completes the thought, Neither for his father nor for his mother, neither for brother or sister, if they die, shall he make himself unclean, because his separation of God is upon his head. He is to be a living example of God's grace. The uncut hair of the Nazarite symbolized his uncut relationship with God. His unbroken locks, the unsevered hair, symbolized an unbroken relationship with God. In Matthew 2.23, The Bible says that Jesus was a Nazarite. As the perfect Nazarite, Jesus had an uncut and unbroken relationship with God. The child born to Manoah had definite advantages over most children today, as the picture illustrates. In Judges 13.8, his parents received special instruction from God on how to raise him. In Judges 13.14, his mother kept herself from alcohol in any form. No fetal alcohol syndrome for this child... In Judges 13.24, the Lord blessed the child from his very youth. His development was guided by God. Judges 13.25, he was moved by the Holy Spirit. He was meant to be a spirit-filled person who made a difference. He had all the advantages of a brilliant son in Israel. I mean, Manoah had hit the jackpot. God had given him the best. Now, this is around the time when the Hercules motif occurred in Greek culture. I believe they had heard about Samson way over there in Israel. And they developed the story because it was found on earth that there was a man who had superhuman strength, who was a superman of sorts. And so the Hercules story, no doubt, was based on the real story of Samson. Judges 13.24, And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the boy grew, and the Lord blessed him. That's how I, I want to see every child here advance in God's work. I want to see them grow and be blessed by God, committed to Christ, men and women of God. 
the name Samson is derived from the Hebrew word Shemesh, which means son. In the context, Samson is the son of the light. And as a son of Israel called to be a leader, a judge in Israel, God intended that he would shine in his character, shine in his health, shine in his intellect as a brilliant son, a lighted example of God's truth in the world. Judges 13.25, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtah. Zorah means the hornet. It is the place where you get stung. Eshtal is taken from the Hebrew word for prayer, petition. The Spirit of the Lord began to move him as he moved from the city that stings to the place of prayer. And the Spirit of the Lord will begin to move in your life when you move from the city that stings, the things that sting you in life, to the place of prayer. Prayer is the secret to strength in the story. Without prayer, your strength will diminish. Like Samson, we receive the Holy Spirit and the strength of God. When we quit focusing on things that sting us in life and start focusing on prayer that sustains us in life. According to the book of Judges, Samson possessed six fatal flaws. I'm going to go through them with you this afternoon. Fatal flaw number one, Samson was spiritually inconsistent. In Judges 13.25, the Bible says the Spirit of God would move him at times And the key word is at times. Uh, Samson was the kind of person who was occasionally moved by the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't seek a consistent spirit-filled walk with God. It happened every now and then. Fatal flaw number two, Samson was morally egocentric. In Judges 14.7, Samson took one of the daughters of the Philistines for a wife. That alone was a tremendous scandal for his parents who had dedicated him to the Lord. For him to go out and seek an unbeliever was horrific for them, but the effect was even more so. God had strictly forbidden this. To make matters worse, he forced his parents to agree because that little skinny guy with all the muscles could make his parents do whatever he wanted. Judges 14.2, then he came up and told his father and mother, He said, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Who's in charge here? The egocentric Samson. Verse 7. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. It's like saying, me Samson, you Jane. The Hebrew literally says it was right in the eyes of Samson. Fatal flaw number three. Samson tasted the honey of disobedience without remorse. In Judges 14, Samson kills a lion with his bare hands. And after a while, he returns to find honey in the carcass of the lion. And this was a no-no for a Nazarite. Remember, a Nazarite was forbidden by God to touch the carcass of a dead animal. I mean, here Samson is eating out of the carcass of a dead animal. He's not only touching, he's bringing it inside his body. This is disobedience that is sweet. Have you ever had disobedience that's sweet? We have an honesty problem today, Dr. Butler. Well, have you? Come on. Sweet disobedience, where you like it, where it feels good. Yes, you have. Well, that's his problem here. He tasted the honey of disobedience without remorse. Sweet. Fatal flaw number four. Samson was motivated by revenge instead of righteousness. Bad motives. In the story, Samson challenges the Philistines to wager with a riddle. His wife shares the riddle, and Samson loses the wager. Judges 14, 14, we have the riddle. Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Of course, only Samson knew that the lion and the honey were the answers to the riddle. But Samson's Philistine wife pulled at his heartstrings, kept nagging at him. Oh, honey, give me the key to the riddle. 
And he told her everything, and she told them everything. That doesn't happen today, women, does it? Never? Okay, that's good. Judges 14, 18, he said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. I mean, this man's sense of humor is different, isn't it? And after that, he kills 30 men to pay off the debt and get out of the bat. And then he goes home to pout about it to mom and dad. After a while, he goes back to his wife with a present to make up and discovers that she has remarried. Things are getting complicated for Samson. Her father refuses to give her back to Samson. That makes him angry. So in anger, he torches the fields of the Philistines. He ties fire to the tail of foxes, sends them through the fields, burns their crops up. The Philistines, in turn, burn his ex-wife to death and her father, and he, in turn, kills more Philistines. I mean, this is an unusual time in Earth's history. It's like ISIS in Iraq. Judges 15.7. And Samson said to them, If this is what you do, I swear I will be avenged upon you, and after that I will quit. And he smote them, hit them thigh with a great slaughter, and he went down and stayed in the cleft of the rock of Edom. Fatal flaw number five. Samson failed to give glory to God for his successes. I mean, you've never had a success in life where you took the credit for it, have you? Never? Okay, you have. Well, that was Samson's fifth fatal flaw. In Judges 15, he encounters the Philistines at Lehi. They capture Samson. They tie him up with ropes. He breaks the ropes. And then he picks up the jawbone of a donkey and he kills a thousand men with it. I can't even imagine what that's like. Judges 15, 14, the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Samson became a human lawnmower. In the power of God, he mows down a thousand men. Notice who gets the credit in Judges 15, 16. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of an ass have I slain a thousand men. When he had finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone out of his hand, and that place was called Ramath Lehi. The name Ramath Lehi literally means the jawbone is exalted. I mean, think about this. Samson gave the jawbone the credit for the victory. He named it after the jawbone instead of God. He said, I have slain a thousand men. He said, God has given me the victory. I mean, he can't understand that it's not his strength, it's God's strength working through him. Fatal flaw number six, Samson only called on God when he was in trouble. He didn't call on God when things were going good. After he killed the thousand men, he was thirsty and in danger of heat exhaustion. Notice the prayer in verse 18 of Judges 15. And he was very thirsty, and he called on the Lord and said... Thou hast granted this great deliverance by the hand of thy servant. And shall I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? He gives God credit when he wants something out of God. And he says, listen, are you going to let me die? Then he starts praying in earnest. You see, Samson has a trouble-based faith experience. He has faith in God when he's in deep trouble. When he's not in trouble, he has faith in himself. He only prays to God when he can't fix it himself. True to form, God opens up a spring of water from the rock, and he still doesn't get it. After God answers his less-than-ideal prayer, Samson names the place En-Hachor, which means the spring of the man who called. Samson names the spring after himself instead of God who gave him the water. I mean, he still doesn't get it. Now, friend, in your life, when God pours a blessing on you, and that blessing's clearly coming from him because you asked for God for the blessing. You better 
Call on the name of the Lord and thank God for that blessing and give God the credit for the good in your life or God may withdraw the blessing from you. Fatal flaw number seven was Samson's uncontrolled love for the daughter of the night. Judges 16 verse 4. After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Now, Sorek is the Hebrew word for choice vine. As a Nazarite, Samson was supposed to stay away from grapes and alcohol and that kind of thing. But Samson fell in love with a woman in the valley of choice vine, the valley of the best grapes, the valley of getting drunk, the valley of alcohol and seduction. They go together. Jeremiah 2.21. Here the word Sorek is used for a choice vine that has gone wrong. Yet I planted you a choice vine, a Sorek, holy of pure seed. How then have you turned degenerate and become a wild vine? Delilah was a wild kind of woman, a wild vine. Delilah's name is taken from a Babylonian word which means flirtatious. The name Delilah is also a pun. It sounds very similar to the Hebrew word layala, which means night. Delilah's name means the flirtatious daughter of the night. Remember, there were three elements to the Nazarite vow. First, the Nazarite was forbidden to touch a dead carcass. Samson broke this command when he ate the honey from the lion. Secondly, the Nazarite was forbidden to touch grapes. Samson broke this command when he visited the valley of Sorek. He began to drink. Finally, a Nazarite was forbidden to cut his hair. Why? Because his uncut hair represented an uncut relationship with God. This is the last link with his power, his hair. He has given in on all the others. Now this is the last one in play. In the story, Delilah is anything but subtle. She is direct in her attempt to destroy his faith. Judges 16, verse 6. And Delilah said to Samson, Please, you can almost hear it, Please, please tell me wherein your great strength lies and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. Now she's not even being deceptive here, is she? She's saying, please, just tell me how to kill you. Please, just tell me how I can destroy you. At first, he tells her to bind him with seven bowstrings. That doesn't work. He then tells her to bind him with new ropes. That doesn't work either. He tells her to weave the seven locks of his head to the weaver's beam, but that doesn't work at all. In Judges 16, 15 and on, she gets real personal about it. She said to him, how can you say I love you? This is sickening. I read this and go, wow, what an exchange. How can you say, I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you have not told me wherein your great strength lies. Now she told him she's going to kill him with the knowledge. Now she's saying, well, you don't love me. Please, you've got to do something about that. You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. We'll continue with Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message in just a moment. But first, do you want to understand the Bible better? Do you have difficult questions? Have you ever wondered, if God is so good, why do we live in such a bad world? And what does the future hold? We know that you'll find answers in these new in-depth, full-color Bible study guides available for you with a donation of any size supporting this ministry. The phone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Call now. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. The Hebrew literally says his life was shortened to die. You know, that's a prophetic pun of what's going to happen to his hair. When the Philistines appear this time, she has cut his hair off. He has disclosed a secret. If you cut my hair, I'll lose my strength. And she cuts it off. 
when he's asleep on her lap and Samson did not know that the last element of the Nazarite vow was now gone, that his life was shortened to die, that she had taken it from him and he had given it to her. Judges 16, 20, he said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he woke from his sleep and said, I will go out as at the other times and shake myself free. And he did not know that the Lord had left him. Samson had drifted for so long that when the final break came with God, he did not know that God was gone in his life. Friend, that's the danger of compromise in your life. You can play around with the world. You can have that stuff in your home entertainment system. And by degree, you'll drift from God. Or you can just plan to start drinking socially every now and then. And by degree, you'll lose spiritual interest. Or just plan to book interests on the Sabbath so you're not in church. By degree, you'll drift from God. Friend, the story of Samson is serious stuff because it warns all of us that we, like him, can go astray. That we can take for granted the things of God and lose God in our lives. And then the forces of evil come in like a flood and the life is swept away. He did not know that the Lord had left him. There are people who attend church today who do not know that God does not walk with them because they feel religious. They interact with religion, but they are not filled with the Holy Spirit because they are not in surrendered to God's word. They have not given themselves to Christ from the heart. They're not converted. Samson needed a change. He needed the eyes of his mind and his heart to be open for him to see God in the true light. Samson had drifted for so long that when the final break came with God, he did not know that God was gone. In the story of Samson, the problem with strength is strength. Why? When you rely upon your own abilities to live for God, when you rely upon your strength or your knowledge or your religious background, you will almost certainly lose your way with God. In your strength, you become too weak to obey. The Philistines came and they gouged his eyes out. Fact of the story, the son of the light became a groping blind man in the darkness. The strongest man on earth was made weak. The proudest man in Israel was reduced to humility. The tallest judge of Israel was judged by his enemies. Paradoxically, God's greatest miracles come Samson when he is weak, blind, humble, and helpless. It's when he has none of these that God manifests His power in Samson's life. God chooses to work for Samson when Samson cannot work for himself. It becomes an object lesson of righteousness by faith, of leaning on the Lord when you can't lean on yourself anymore. Judges 16.22, But the hair of his head began to grow again after he had been shaved. Now that's how it usually works. Am I right? Am I right? You cut the hair off, it begins to grow. His hair didn't grow back all at once. By degree, he found God again. He gradually grew into faith in a state of weakness. I mean, if you're waiting to find God in five minutes, it may not happen. Friend, let yourself grow into God if you find yourself on the outside of faith. His uncut hair represents an uncut relationship with God. Is there hope for people who have lost God? Yes, there is. Is there hope for people who have drifted from God? Yes, there is. Is there hope for people who have really blown it, who have sinned so badly that it looks like no one can make up for it in their life? Yes, there is. As Samson's hair began to grow again, his relationship with God began to grow again. Judges 16, 27, Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. A great celebration. And Samson was the one they were making fun of. And on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson made sport. I mean, here they were poking at Samson, laughing at Samson, the great hero of Israel, this weak, bald, blind man. 
And yet he's not bald exactly. He has hair now growing. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be avenged upon the Philistines for one of my two eyes. The man who made it his habit to forget God asked God to remember him. The man who seldom prays begins to pray. The man who trusted in his strength asks God for his strength. The man who had forgotten God asks God to remember him. The man who boasted all his life of his relationship to the light finally finds God in the darkness of his personal blindness. The son of the light blinded sees the light by faith. The son of the light blinded calls upon the son of God, the angel of the Lord, the Lord. The true Samson, true Samson form, he finally gets it right. He prays, let me be avenged upon the Philistines for one of my two eyes. That's a very important feature in the story. You will notice that Samson does not ask for vengeance for both of his eyes. Have you noticed that? He says, one of my two eyes. Why? He has found that in God's discipline that made him blind, he can see. And so he does not want to negate that. He's recognizing that in God's discipline, he has now for the very first time been able to have faith in God that's real, that's authentic, that is the kind of faith that he doesn't want to remove that reminder of his weakness, just one of the eyes, not two. In his strange kind of groping after God, Samson thanks God for the loss of an eye that helped him to see God. Friend, when difficulties come into your life that challenge your your stability, when you feel like God's unfair to you, do an assessment of how well you're walking with God. And you might just find that that affliction in your life is because of a moral failing in your life. That what you perceive as God's judgment is actually God's mercy meant to help you open your eyes so you can see. Verse 29, And Samson grasped the two middle pillars upon which the house rested, and he leaned his weight upon them, his right hand on the one, his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And then he bowed with all his might. Now why did he bow? He's prayed. He bowed. He didn't hold his head high. He bowed. And I can imagine what's going through his mind. Oh, Lord God, the source of strength, the one who has the power. I bow my head today and die, seizing your power by faith. The great book of Hebrews says that Samson is one of the great men of faith who found the secret to faith. He bowed with all his might. Now, when was the last time you bowed your head with all your might? When you got on your knees and you prayed that your life depended on it. Dear heart, if you want change, if you want God's forceful effect in your life, if you want to see your family transformed, bow with all your might. And the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were in it. So the dead whom he slew at his death were more than those whom he had slain during his life. A simple prayer makes his victory a massive one when all the trappings of God's power is manifest at the end of Samson's life. Friend, Samson was an imperfect type of Jesus Christ. Samson prayed to die with his enemies. Jesus prayed to die for his enemies. Samson died in the darkness he had made. Jesus died in the darkness that we have made. 
Samson broke his relationship with God only to find it again. Jesus never broke his relationship with God, but he was broken so we could find him. The day before Jesus died, perhaps he was thinking of Samson when he took the vow of the Nazarite upon his lips in the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. He said, I will not again drink of the fruit of the vine until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Unlike Samson, Jesus will never break his promise to be true to you. He will never break his vow. He has taken that vow because he has given his whole energy since that time to now to save you, to pray for you, to use infinite power in your behalf. The Bible says that Christ in the resurrection has received the power of an indestructible life in Hebrews 7. And he always lives, verse 25, to make intercession for us because that is the aim of his Nazarite vow. Friend, Jesus has taken the oath and he will not relent until he has brought you to glory. So bow your head with all your might and pray that the living Christ will be the power that lives in you and that you indeed will be saved by grace through faith and not by your own strength. Dear Father God, we know that faith is a gift. It comes through hearing. And that it isn't great faith that saves. It's the mustard seed used that saves. And so, Father, I ask that the mustard seed of faith that is given to us as a gift in Jesus will lay hold of the mountain of Jesus' faith and faithfulness. And that everyone here, Father, will be what they need to be for the soon coming of Christ. Lord, we looked in the mirror and we can't make it. We looked at Jesus, we will make it. So may they look to Him every day for their strength and thank you for the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Reaching Your Heart. Thanks for listening today. And as a special gift for a donation of any size, we would like to send you the book, Soul Care, Becoming Whole in the Broken World. Dial this phone number right now, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Reaching Hearts meets every Saturday at 11 o'clock at 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road. Find directions at reachingyourheart.com. That's 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland. We hope to see you there. And thanks for listening to Reaching Your Heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.